This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I think sometimes in family life, we can feel alone or a bit isolated. We're the only one that's experiencing this particular uh, thing or moment or, or temper tantrum or big decision, especially in relation to our children. Or when it comes to our, our married life and it comes to the relationship with our spouse and, and worry and stress and fear that, okay, are the bills going to be paid? Are we going to have time to actually have a conversation with one another ever again? Uh, we have to make these massive decisions about what kind of car to buy next or where to move or, or a career change all the way down to what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Sometimes Catholic family life, in the throes of it, and whatever version of it you might be in, it can be overwhelming. Um, and we wanted to kind of round out this Ave Explores Catholic family life season, the whole series really, with a conversation with somebody who's been in the throes of it for over 20 years, raising eight children, while also doing incredible amounts of ministry, kind of in and around motherhood and family life and just being a, a faithful Catholic in general. Um, so we called up Danielle Bean, right? Danielle Bean is the, the curator of all of the content over at catholicmom.com. Uh, she used to be the editor for Catholic Digest. Uh, just an incredibly talented woman who's also raised eight children, uh, is married to a, a wonderful guy, um, has maintained a home and her sanity, and, and as she talks about in this episode, has learned how to thrive as a Catholic family by recognizing that God gives us grace in the moments to make the decision to do the things, to, to be the parent, to be the spouse, to be the individual that's needed. You know, as we talk about Catholic family life, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, in whatever version that might be, however we're experiencing particular challenges or struggles, moments of great joy and excitement, right? we're in the midst of a, of a day-to-day journey, sometimes it even feels like a day-to-day battle, where we just want to hear somebody say, you've got this. Or hear somebody say, this is how I got this. Or this is how we handled X, Y, and Z and, and were able to make it through. Or even just to, to hear somebody say, you know what, yeah, I know it's really tough. I know it's really hard. I know that you might really be struggling in this particular moment, but you're not alone. And I hope throughout this entire Catholic Family Life series, as you've read the articles, as you've read the social media posts, as you've listened to the podcasts, as you've tuned into the Facebook Lives, as you've looked at what we've created that hopefully you felt a little less alone in your own journey of Catholic family life. And this conversation today with Danielle, when, when we hung up the Zoom call, I kind of sat back and I took a deep breath and I did like I always do. I went to go write the description of the podcast because it was fresh in my mind, the conversation we just had. I told myself, I feel better. I feel a little less alone in the journey of motherhood. I feel like some of my own thoughts or fears or concerns have been a little validated because of this conversation with a, a seasoned mom. I feel like, like I've grown a bit, and I, I hope you feel the same way too, both from our entire Ave Explorers Catholic Family Life series and after you listen to today's episode with Danielle Bean. Again, she's an author, uh, she's a speaker, she's curating and hosting the, the new Catholic Moms Summit, which is coming up in November. We've got the links down in the show notes for all of that. And I, I love that this is our final episode for the season on Catholic Family Life. 
a conversation with Danielle Bean about grace and parenting and marriage and, and the home um, and feeling a little less alone as we walk through family life day by day. Danielle, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I like your home office. It's a nice shiplap in the background. <laughs> Our whole house is shiplap, actually. Uh-huh. No, we do. Yeah, well, we do have some drywall now, but uh, my husband built our house, so it's oh, all... wonderful. So this yeah. I mean, that's proper home. There you go. That's right. Um, that's well, right. tell me a little bit about that home, about your husband, about your family, about what you're doing professionally. Sure. So um, my husband, Dan, and I have been married for 26 years now. Um, We've been living here in this home that he built for a little over 20 of them. We have eight children together. They range in age from our youngest being 13 to our oldest is now 25. So we are in a different stage, a different (laughs) phase of this family life thing, a place where I never actually thought I'd end up. So it's been, it's been a joy and it's been a thrill to kind of explore the new ways that God is calling us to live out our work and our ministry and in this new stage of parent parenting, this new stage of family life. Um, and so among those things, you know, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, I do all my own kind of ministry, connecting with Catholic women from all walks of life. But um, my full-time employment is with Holy Cross Family Ministries. I uh, manage catholicmom.com for them, which is a fairly new URL that they recently acquired from Lisa Handy, the founder of catholicmom.com. And um, through that, I, it really, you know, for years I was in magazine publishing, But this really feels like a coming home and coming back to my heart of why I got involved in ministry, speaking, writing, any kind of connection with women. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Well, why did you? I mean, you were a young mom and just thought, nobody's talking to us. Like, like what was that story? Yeah. um, I was a mess. I mean, (laughs) and... And I felt Same. like, is, is anyone else a mess? Can I talk about this? You know, and um, I really felt this need to kind of share that. I, I didn't um, work at all. I didn't do any kind of writing up until uh, the summer when I was pregnant with our fifth. And I, you know, I, I always enjoyed writing and I kind of thought, well, I'll do this maybe as a way of connecting with other people. And it really grew from there. And the thing that really struck me was that I wound up having a a regular kind of family life column in the National Catholic Register. And I got a little bit of a following through that. Then back in the heyday of blogging, you know, it was, it was a fun place to be and connect with other people. But the number one thing that people would tell me, other women would tell me was, I thought I was the only one. And that was both heartbreaking and encouraging to hear, right? Heartbreaking that anybody ever feels that they're alone in something that they're struggling through, but also encouraging because I also felt like maybe I'm the only one because we weren't connecting enough. And I really felt like there was a need for women to be connecting with each other through their shared experiences of motherhood. And that means, yes, all the joys, all the glories, all the triumphs, because those are real, but also through the very real challenges and the difficulties, because those are real too. Yeah. So what were some of those like early days, eight kids, Mm. in that age range. I mean, what were some of the struggles that, and, and I'm thinking I'm, I've got one on the way and a three-year-old and I'm already panicking about like, <laughs> now we're, now we're on man-to-man defense. Like this is I know about to change. Forget it. If ever they outnumber you, just, exactly. just give up. After four, I think Jackie and Bobby said after four, you can have a dozen because who cares, right? Like they just, yeah. and they take care of each other. But what were some of those early struggles that you really wanted to share about? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is that is one of the struggles because whether you have one kid or you have a dozen kids, you're maxed out. That's mm-hmm. what I always felt like. And that's what I would always tell women because, you know, our family grew over the years and um, people would tell me like, oh, I could never do that. And you know what? 
I felt the same way when I was the parent of one child. When I was a parent of two children, I would look at people who had more and think, how can they possibly do that? And not everybody is called to do that, of course. Um, but I found that God really gives you the grace one baby at a time, one day at a time, one minute at a time. And it really was my experience that God is faithful to us. He is faithful to us in giving us the grace that we need to live out our vocations and to do it well, despite the challenges, despite the difficulties. But he doesn't give us all of those graces on day one, the way that I wanted, the way that would have made me feel comfortable, like, oh, I can do this, right? No, he really does. He, he calls us to grow in trusting him by forcing us really to lean on him minute by minute through those challenges, those very real challenges. I mean, having, you know, eight kids under the age of 12, those were busy times. Those were exhausting times. I can't even tell you because it's, it's all just a blur to me now, you know, I look back on it now. Everybody slept at night, hopefully. Yes. Right, right. We were just, it was survival and it's okay. And I think that's really a natural part of God's plan for the family that some years are crazy like that and it's high energy and it's high need. And, you know, every family is different and kids are going to have different temperaments and you're going to go through different phases inside of your family life. Some are going to be more challenging than others. Um, And then, you know, then you come to a phase of life where you're dealing with teenagers and young adults and that's challenging in a whole new way that I never could have anticipated before. that I dreaded in many ways because people will tell you the horror stories, right? Why do we women do this to each other? I remember being at a baby shower once and the, the, the woman of honor there was expecting her first baby. And one of the women started talking about labor and she was like, (laughs) don't do that. She was like, I would rather eat glass than ever go through that again. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, what a terrible thing to say. And yet we can really gain a lot from sharing some of the hard stuff, right? Coming together and sharing vulnerably about some of the real challenges. Uh, But it's important that we make sure that we're not only focused on the negative. Right, right. So what was kind of the moment when, you know, you said eight kids under the age of 12, that's a lot. Yeah, Uh, Like a moment where you were like, okay, we've got this. Like, I've got this grace. You know, we, our our marriage is going to be okay. Our kids are going to be okay. I'm not a failure. Like, was there ever like a revelation moment and then maybe a a mental switch or was it just kind of a gradual day by day thing? Um, I would say it's more gradual day by day. In fact, I'd say I'm still waiting for that moment. (laughs) Like, have we done it? You know? Um, but I will tell you that uh, just uh, just a few weeks ago, my husband and I, by you know circumstance, just happened to find ourselves both alone in the house together for an afternoon. We realized like kids were at school, sports, whatever was going on. They were friends, work, and we just turned to each other. I was like, "Are we alone?" And then we we're like doing the math, and we we're like, "We're going to be alone for like the next six hours." And it was like, "Oh." hello, you know, the first time in 25 plus years, like, nice to see you. And uh, really, that felt like sort of a a moment of triumph for me, because it felt like, okay, like, we, we did do that. And look, here we are on the other side of it. And not everything's perfect. And we're still struggling in so many ways. Um, But just feeling like God's been present through all of this. And um, we are, we are achieving something here together. Yeah. So to the new mom who's hearing this, it's like, okay, there's grace. I can get through this. There will come a day when we are alone again. Um, What, like in those trenches moment, what's like the one thing that you want that mom or even that dad? I mean, my, my husband is Mm -hmm. just hands on as I am. And I know he's got moments where he's like, how the heck are we going to do this with just two? Right. The thing that you would encourage them to maybe do for themselves to stay sane, to keep their cool, um, 
to walk back into the living room that's an absolute mess and like not <laughs> lose it for the 10th time that day when they see the toy that should have been picked up hours ago. Like what's that one piece of advice you'd give? Yeah, I mean, I would say to certainly be rooted in prayer. That is so important. And I get it. Like I know there were years of my life where I was like, please don't tell me again, I need to have an active prayer life. I just can't. Like, I don't have the energy. I have not a minute. And it doesn't have to look like a lot of time. That's the beauty of it, though. You know, just starting your day, maybe just reading a few few words of scripture at the start of your day. Spend five minutes. You do so have five minutes. I have people tell me all the time, I don't have enough time to pray. And I don't believe them. I believe you have five minutes. I believe, because I did, even during those crazy years, I did. And you can find that time. It's just a matter of making that commitment and being rooted in that relationship with the Lord. Because if you don't have that, mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself scattered. You're going to find yourself faltering. And you're going to feel like there's, there's no bottom to it. There's, no, there's nothing that you can rest in. Mm-hmm. And you know, somebody once told me that God really calls on us to rest in him. And that's such a beautiful thing to reflect on, right? that he, he says, come to me and find rest. You who are weary and find rest. And how many times do we think of our prayer life, especially during the busy years, as one more thing I have to do, right? One more thing I'm going to mess up and fail at. One more thing I have to carve out time for, right? I, I hate that advice that people are always telling women, carve out time for you, carve out time for prayer, carve out. It sounds so arduous, like carving out time. <laughs> Gosh. I can't carve out any more time. So I think it's important to recognize that and recognize what the real limitations are of your state in life. But then don't, don't use that as an excuse to just throw out the fact that you can have a, a, a real prayer life, a real connection with the Lord every day. And the, the beauty of it is it doesn't have to stay inside of that five minutes, mm-hmm. right? Be rooted in prayer, turning to God, giving your day at the start, and then just make it a habit. It can be, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more it will become a habit to be turning to God every moment of your days, inside of everything you might do. You know, I started this out very, very um, basically years ago when I took my morning offering, which many of us say a morning offering, right? Offering our day to the Lord before anything even happens. And I decided in moments where I'm struggling, I'm just going to repeat this to myself Mm -hmm. as a reminder. I'm going to repeat the words of this prayer as a reminder that I'm giving this to God. And that really helped me. That simple practice really helped me to recall, even throughout very busy days, even throughout very challenging times, every moment to be turning back to God and giving him what I was doing. I think there's nothing more powerful than that. Yeah. Well, I love what you're saying, because if if mom and dad are rooted in prayer and have quote unquote, carved out the time and, and not in the arduous way, but in the, okay, this is a priority. Like we've set this as something the kids see that. And I remember watching my parents be prayerful people and think like, Oh, well, okay. I guess they they weren't just telling me to do something that they themselves weren't doing. And I'm I'm really curious, you've got, you know, eight children that are older than I would say a a lot of the people that have tuned in to much of what we've done for this series might be in the throes of little kid life. What, and we had an episode with the Owens about teaching the faith to kids and they, they spoke very beautifully about ways to witness, but what are some things that y'all have done to practically put faith at the fore within the Bean family? Yeah, um, that's a question I get a lot because, you know, I happen to be one of nine kids. And, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so you, this and, and is your life forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is very normal to me. Yeah. Um, not so much to my husband who has just one brother. So he's a little bit of a convert to the large family living. Um, but uh, a very faith-filled family. And a lot of people would look at us, like my, my siblings and I, and say, okay, what did your parents do? Like, what's that magic formula, right? We mm-hmm. all want it. I want it, right? So um, it's something I've given a lot of thought to. And, and you know, 
having that experience growing up has helped me inside of my own parenting and inside of my marriage with Dan to be conscious about what those things are. And something that I've come to realize is that it's not really about the externals. I mean, those things matter for sure. Setting aside time where you pray together as a family, you know, going to mass, of course, you know, all of these things, receiving the sacraments, um, living out the liturgical year, all these beautiful things that we can do that, you know, give our kids the right foot forward in a lot of ways. It's really more, uh, not, it's not so much about checking off those boxes, right? About doing all the right things and you get X outcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's really more for me, I think, about making the faith an organic part of your family's culture, of who you are. I think that's the greatest gift my parents gave to me. And I wish I could quantify it or give you a formula for it. But I can just say that my parents raised us in an environment where we just were Catholic Mm -hmm. and everything we do, it colored everything we did. It colored our worldview because it colored my parents' worldviews, right? It was part of our identity, our core identity, who we were Mm -hmm. as people individually, who we were as a family, we just were Catholic. We believed in God and we believed in the church, teachings of the church. And this was part of who we were. But part of what really underscored that for me, especially as I got older and my, I've watched my siblings get older, you know, was that my parents really cultivated a feeling of welcome in our home where we could ask anything. The church isn't afraid of questions. So we can ask anything. We can bring our doubts to our father, to our mother, to God himself. We can bring our doubts to the church and together we'll seek the truth. And I really found there was something very liberating about that. And so that even through, you know, tumultuous years, young adulthood and whatnot among my siblings and I, we didn't always choose rightly, but you know what? We knew we knew we, when we weren't choosing rightly. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really what has, it has come down to in, in my own parenting. And I talk with Dan about this all the time is, okay, we, we know, you know, darn it, God gave our kids free will. <laughs> they're going to maybe sometimes make choices that we don't want for them. Maybe they're going to make terrible choices we'd never choose for them in a million years. And yet, so I always pray, you know, please, Lord, let my children make good choices. Let them make the right choices. Let them never stray from you. But then I always follow up that prayer with, but if they do make wrong choices, let them know that they are the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. Let them know it. And I know this from my own experience that that is very possible. I mean, St. Augustine made wrong choices knowingly, right? Yeah. We, we have great examples in the lives of the saints in the church that this is what can happen. And what a great gift it is to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really love that. Like the, it's part of the, I think that might be the title of the episode, cultivating this culture within the family, a culture of conversation, a culture of, of being unafraid. My parents did the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And my sister and I now both work for the church. So it, I don't want to say it clearly worked, but it was kind right. of those like faith is, it's not an option. If you're living in this house, faith is going to be a part of what we do. But at mm-hmm. the same time, we want you to make that choice. We want you to engage within your faith uh, because it's so important to us. How does that translate sometimes with teens? Because I know that some people listening to that, you know, you hit like age 10 and 13 is creeping up (laughs) and 15 and 16 were very rough on my mom and I. (laughs) It wasn't until college where I was like, oh, she was right about most things. And now at 31, she's my hero. (laughs) How did did that happen? (laughs) Right. Um, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Danielle Bean. Uh, And I hope you've enjoyed this entire Ave Explorer series. All of the content can be found over on AveMariaPress.com. Articles, videos, other podcast episodes, great things that we have created for you to continue exploring and unpacking 
what a Catholic family is and what a Catholic family looks like. So hop on over to AveMariaPress.com. You know, because she was a working mom. See, I know she owned her own company and, and now I've got great admiration for her. Talk me through maybe some tips and some advice for cultivating that, that good family culture in the challenging teen years. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really important question because that is something, like like I said at the, the start of this show, I was dreading it. I was dreading those teen years. I, I you know, held my little baby and just thought with great <laughs> trepidation, like, what's going to happen? Uh, because I remember my own teenage years, right? But, that, but in some ways, that's a comfort to me. And I really recommend that parents do remember your own teenage years because the, the biggest challenge for me when we go through trials or conflicts with any of our teenagers or young adults is to not take it personally. Mm. And that's really hard to do because it is personal. Like this is my baby, right? This is this child that I've poured my very life into for all these years. And here he is throwing it back in my face. Right. But those moments, like think back to those moments in your own experience. Mm. And I would think back to things I did and said, and completely thoughtless, inconsiderate, selfish, stupid things, you know, hurting my parents in a hundred ways. And yet it wasn't about them, right? I wasn't rejecting them. I wasn't even in any real way rejecting the faith that they had worked so hard to give me. It was something I had to work out. It was all about me living inside of those five minutes. And this was my world right now. And yeah, yeah, that's what it is, right? You're like in the present moment, there nothing exists beyond these five minutes. It's so amazing to watch it happen with your own children. So as much as I did, you know, struggle to not take it personally, especially with our first few when they were going through those teenagers, because you're, you're, you know, you're, they're figuring it out, but you're figuring it out too. Um, I now feel like I'm in a place where with, with our kids who are going through that, who will still go through that, that I have a different perspective on it. I can see it more for what it is, a necessary stage of development. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I would say to parents is, yes, all the challenges and all the, the trials and stuff, that's, that's real. It's true. You're, you're probably going to experience that in some way, shape, or form. Everybody is different, right? But you probably will experience some level of that. But there is real joy, a real unique joy to being a part of a, a young adult's life, being a part of a teenager's life as they're figuring out who they are. Being part of that process is such a privilege. It is such an honor to be able to support them through that. Mm -hmm. I remember with one of my sons, when he was going through a hard time, just praying so hard, remembering the sweet boy he was when he was like seven years old. Mm -hmm. And where was he? You know, where was he? I was really just, it was so hurtful to just feel that loss and grieve the fact that he was gone. Right. And just praying so hard, just Lord, see him through the other side of this. And I, I felt very much in that moment that I was being called to hold his hand through that, be his guide through that, be his support through that, because it was every bit as painful for him as it was for me. And that's something that we need to keep in mind as much as it feels personal and feels like it's all about us or them rejecting us in some way. It's truly not. And we are called as parents in every stage of our children's lives to be that source of support, to be that rock for them, to, you know, affirm them and encourage them in all the right ways and then still be there. You know, have those conversations like, here's the right thing to do. Here's the wrong thing to do. Do not choose the wrong thing, but then follow it up with, but if you choose the wrong thing, here I am for you, yeah. you know, I, and here's how we're going to fix it. Yeah. It's, it's the concept of an anchor, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a, like mom and dad become the first, if something goes wrong in my house, mom and dad are the first phone call. Um, <laughs> and evacuating for a storm, mom was the first phone call. Like I bet, um, you know, like, so it's to be that anchor, I think, and to be able to cultivate that relationship with your kids 
over the years, um, then they start to leave, right? Mm-hmm. There comes a moment when that, I remember when my parents <laughs> drove away from me in college and my dad texted me because um, I just got texting on my phone per my mom's request. I mean, this was the early 2000s, right? So not <laughs> had texting on their phones, but my mom wanted me to be able to text because she knew I wasn't going to call. And they right. stopped and she, he, he texted me and said, your mother hasn't stopped crying. And I said, well, I haven't either. So please don't tell me. And like, didn't even realize how difficult that saying goodbye was going to be. Kids start mm-hmm. to leave the nest. And we use that empty nester phrase because we think of like baby birds kicking their kids out. But there's, there's <laughs> something about like, I, I don't want to kick them out. Like they're my kid. Right. Um, what's that been like for you as they yeah. grow up and move on and get married and have their own lives? Yeah, a real challenge for sure. It's been a spiritual challenge for me, an emotional challenge for me, a physical challenge, like figuring out physically, what am I supposed to be doing with my days, with my time in this home, in this space, you know, in these empty bedrooms with empty bunk beds. So yeah, for sure, that that is um, a, a challenging thing. And in fact, I wrote a whole book about it. Yes, um, yes, you did. <laughs> In uh, Giving Thanks and Letting Go from Ave Maria Press, um, I really, I just shared some very, you know, personal reflections on this stage of family life. Um, You know, when all my kids were little and it was that time of crazy, I wrote a book, My Cup of Tea, which was very much personal sharing what I was dealing with, what life was like then. But when I recently went back and reread that book, I thought, this is all still true, but I've got more to say now, you know, there's more, I've got a broader perspective. So I've got more to share. So that's why I decided to write that book. And, and, you know, it's, it's been very much a challenge for me and and writing that book was cathartic in a lot of ways because it made me go deep into some of those things that I was feeling and experiencing. And in much the same way that I felt that early on in motherhood, there was, it was a challenge to find ways to connect with other women. And there weren't established ways to do that, that I had immediate access to. I was really finding that in this stage of family life as well. That I was like, where are the people talking about this? Mm -hmm. You know, you could find the kind of cliched, like mom crying into her apron, you know, as as the children are leaving the home, that kind of cliched thing. But where were people really connecting about this? And it was hard to find in part, you know, correctly, because at this stage of parenthood, our children's stories are their own to tell, right? And some of the trials that we go through are very personal to them. They're not for us to be sharing broadly. And um, although it very much is our own trials, our own struggles as well. So there is that kind of difficulty, I think, in kind of the opening up with one another. But I think it is important for us to be truthful in ways that are appropriate and vulnerable with one another, to share some of the joys and some of the challenges of this new phase of life and encourage and affirm each other through it. Yeah. So what were one of those, like maybe one of the challenges for you like the kids have gone the house is empty are slowly emptying I know there's still right children at home I don't want to discount the kids that are there <laughs> right uh, no I call it an emptying <laughs> nest yeah it's emptying it's not empty yet but very much I see where this is going right yeah. and um you know finding yourself with new spaces and new 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 amounts of time and energy is it's both a, a exciting thing for me because I've always been a driven person and that was always one of my struggles you know being a, a mom of young kids or um, homeschooling for many years that it was like my time oh that's my time like you're gonna take my precious time you know that was my biggest struggle and so having more time really is a joy in a lot of ways but then it can also feel a little bit uncomfortable like mm-hmm. well you know what am I supposed to be doing exactly I and really, I found that yeah, yeah I know it's just it's a, a little bit of a foreign feeling kind of like that way where I remember all during those baby years if I found myself at some social event without a baby in tow my arms would feel weird like what do I do 
I'm not holding a baby. What do I do with these things? You know? Um, so like, but, but I felt that way spiritually in a lot of ways. Like, what do I do now? How am I, how am I called to use my gifts? How is God calling me to be a mom still? Because every woman is called to motherhood in every stage of her life and in, in unique ways for some of us. Um, but we all need to be discerning and thoughtful and going back to like, do those old ways of thinking about ourselves no longer fit? Mm -hmm. Things that I couldn't do in the past, can I do them now? Things that I could do in the past, can I let go of them now? Mm -hmm. And it really is, it's, it's a challenging thing. It can be an uncomfortable thing. It can be an unnerving thing to kind of step into that kind of unknown space. But at the same time, I try to look at it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I, I really see a gift in this, this time, this different stage, this different phase of family life, what a gift it is to see my children and the ways in which they're exponentially going out and doing things in the world, things I never in a million years imagined. And they're bringing other people into our family. We're still growing, maybe not by having a baby every year anymore, but you know, by having new friends coming into our home, new work relationships and um, people that, you know, two of my kids are married now. So our family's expanding in different ways. Yeah. I, I love the idea that, you know, mom and dad is anchor home as, as the foundation, but then from that a, a child grows, but returns because there's this solid foundation of mom and dad pray, mom and dad love each other, mom and dad find themselves with an afternoon and they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, <laughs> what would be your advice for parents who are in the throes of young parenting, of, of middle parenting, of empty nesting even, um, for marriage cultivation? For You know, you cultivate this culture of, of openness and conversation with your children, but how do you not neglect each other? Because that's, that's a struggle that Tommy and I have. Mm. At the end of the day, it's like, I just want to lay down in bed and stare at my phone for 30 minutes. And yeah, we might <laughs> talk to each other, but I'm really just, I need to veg because it's been overstimulation for the past 12 hours. Um, mm -hmm. how, how did y'all cultivate that relationship to keep you two strong, to keep the house strong? Yeah. I mean, I think that is such an important point to make because this is something that I really would underscore. Um, you know, in fact, earlier when you were asking about what is the thing you would tell someone, yeah. I partially thought I should talk about focusing on your marriage, but <laughs> yeah, for sure be rooted in prayer, but also focusing on your marriage and again, not to give you another to do. And right. it's very understandable. Sometimes, yep, you need to spend 30 minutes just staring at your phone. You need to decompress and you're, you may be touched out and overstimulated mm -hmm. and all of those things are real. So recognizing that, but then not forgetting the importance of staying focused on one another. So this is something I've been blessed in my own marriage because my husband, Dan, has always been very intentional and very deliberate about demanding my time, you know, <laughs> just demanding it. Well, and, it's, it's, it's good birth, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. I can't tell you how many times over the years, like I used to do a lot of work in the evenings because the kids were little and I was, you know, I was working part-time then full-time and I always had to make my hours work. And at, at a certain point each evening, he used to come over to me and just slowly just start to close the laptop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, he needs to call my husband. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And, and he's always been very intentional about talking to the kids about it. Like, you know, they would come to interrupt us and he'd be like, nope, uh, I have your mother right now. You know, like <laughs> this is our time. And, and I think that's really, in the end, it has been such a gift to us. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about making date nights and all of this, and, and it can feel like pressure. But let me tell you what date nights looked like for us for, you know, over a decade was very simple. Every Thursday night, we'd put the kids to bed early, give them a simple dinner, put them to bed early. And then we would just do something together in the house, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to cost a lot. Maybe you'd get takeout, maybe you'd watch a movie, maybe watch a favorite TV show together, play a board game 
game, read a book aloud, whatever you enjoy, mm -hmm. just being intentional about it in that way. You don't have to hire a sitter. You don't have to spend a million dollars and go to a fancy restaurant, mm -hmm. but being intentional about that. I think that that over the years really spoke volumes to each of us reminding us like our marriage is a priority. That's the rock on which all the rest of this stuff is built. You know, you, you think your kids are important? Well, their foundation is you and your relationship with your husband. It's really important to recognize that. So that spoke volumes to us, but then also to the kids. I thought, what a beautiful example mm -hmm. to be setting to the kids that we are making this a priority this much. And, and they loved it. Guess what? They loved it. They loved that. And they loved being able to support us in having that time together. Yeah. So I mean, it really was a win-win all around. So I really encourage people to do that. If you don't have a regular time, you don't have to call it date night if that sounds hokey to you, but right. whatever you want to call it, make it your, your time that you spend together and then make that commitment to it. Keep it simple and then make it mandatory. I mean, this is all such great advice and, and I have a feeling people are going to be like, I need to ask Daniel this and I need to ask her this. And there's, <laughs> this topic is popping up as I'm listening to this, but here's the beautiful thing. You run a website that actually answers a lot of these questions or provides right. for them. Tell us a little bit about catholicmom.com um, and what the goal of that excellently named website is. <laughs> it has become a bookmark on my home screen because I will go right. to for regular just reflection and encouragement and to find community. Tell us a little bit about Catholic Mom. Yeah, sure. So um, it was founded over 18 years ago now, which is crazy, by Lisa Handy, who is like the Catholic mom, right? Right. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's, it was, so she founded it those many years ago, but then a few years back, um, three years ago now, she, she decided she wanted to be doing other things with her time, right? So she, um, that she allowed Holy Cross Family Ministries to acquire the URL and now they're, they're running it and I'm managing it. But her goal at the beginning, and this is still the goal with catholicmom.com, is to form a community of women that want to encourage and support each other inside their vocation to Catholic motherhood in all the different ways that looks, in mm -hmm. all the variety and diversity uh, inside of the church. So really, she started it out small and was just blogging herself there. Then a few other people joined. Well, today there are over 130 contributors to mm -hmm. catholicmom.com, all volunteer writers. There's a, So there are daily blog posts that go up, you know, five or six new items every day talking about everything from homemaking to marriage to your own spirituality to movie reviews, just fun stuff for the kids, all of that stuff. Um, but then we also have daily prayer support. There are um, daily gospel reflections there. So you can go and read a, a very brief, you know, we were talking about being anchored in prayer. Here's one way that you absolutely can do it. Go to catholicmom.com and sign up, get them sent right to your inbox for those daily gospel reflections. And it's just a very brief reflection on the gospel reading for each day with a, a little thought, a little prayer, and then like a little, a little question for you to reflect on further. Mm -hmm. read that every morning and then take that with you take God's word with you and that that prompt toward prayer with you into your day so we try to support people in prayer we also have um, Sunday gospel activities downloadables things for the kids that kind of thing but then we have an active and thriving social media presence mm -hmm. where we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we're doing Facebook lives we have a podcast we're just looking to connect Catholic women with other Catholic women in ways that are affirming and encouraging and positive because we really need that community. We need that connection more than ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know the early days of Rose's life, I felt so isolated and knew that that website existed and found everything on there from articles about how, how tough this was, but how good it was going to get um, mm -hmm. all the way to like, it's okay to wallow. It's okay to cry. Like this is a totally right. normal thing. I definitely know I will be taking advantage of it again when this baby's born. <laughs> um, 
this has led to, and it's something that that um, I, I'm blessed to be involved in as well. There's a Catholic Mom Summit coming up later yes. in the fall. In the weirdness that is 2020, this beautiful thing has happened where now all these online events are available. So tell us a little bit about the dream of this Catholic Mom Summit. Yeah, super excited to be a part of this. So the Catholic Mom Summit is going to be a gathering, an online virtual gathering of Catholic moms. So there have been a ton since this whole pandemic hit, mm-hmm. right, of online stuff. And I don't know about you, but this past spring, I kind of reached overload where I was like, okay, I I can't do another virtual gathering. Like I can't do this, but um, this is coming up in November. So we've had a little bit of a break, right? And Mm -hmm. um, so the weekend of November 15th, and it's going to be over 60 presenters, all Catholic women that you know, and I know we love and admire authors and speakers and podcasters and, um, you know, bloggers and people that you know from podcasts or on Twitter, they're all going to be there and there are going to be these presentations. And again, it's free to register. You can register absolutely for free for this Catholic Mom Summit. And I'm sure you can put the link in the show notes. Um, Yeah. So that would be great. Um, So you can free to register and get access to all of these talks from from women talking about marriage, talking about parenting in real ways, right? Mm -hmm. Connecting about your own spirituality as a mom, the ways it might change and shift as your family shifts and changes and grows. Um, Really looking to connect women with other women in positive, affirming ways. And, you know, it occurred to me when we began the idea of putting together this Catholic Mom Summit that there's many virtual conferences as, as there have been there hasn't been a single one that's been devoted to Catholic moms in particular. So this is a unique opportunity for any kind of Catholic mom to really go deeper in her faith, but then even just in a fun way, connect with other women who share your faith, share some of your background. They can, you can learn from their experiences. You can share your own wisdom. It really is our hope that this Catholic mom summit will be a one one event that will continue and that a community of women can grow from this positive connection online in real ways that are going to be really supporting you inside of your Catholic motherhood, inside of your vocation to motherhood. Yeah, I love that. Well, we can find out more about that. We'll have the link down in the show notes. Where can we follow you and your work and your podcast? Oh, sure. Um, If you go to daniellebean.com, you'll find out everything you ever wanted to know about me and then some. And uh, you can find my girlfriend's podcast. It gets published through Ascension. So at ascensionpress.com. I always love to connect with women from all walks of life. That's what Girlfriends is really all about. Like, I started that podcast, uh, I think it's been four, it's over four years now. um, That, and I really was just missing that blogging kind of connection, that personal connection with other women. So it's a great way to connect with me there, but also on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on every form of social media. Well, we will put all that down in the show notes. Danielle, thank you for your time today. There's so much here and so much more that people can go find. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy talking with you. And with that conversation about grace, about about taking it one day at a time, about making space and time for prayer, about feeling a little less alone in your journey of parenting and of Catholic family life. With that, we are concluding and wrapping up our our Ave Explorers Catholic Family Life series. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned a lot. I I hope this season and, and everything we've created has been fruitful for you. You know, right now, as I record this, um, I'm sitting in a place I never would have expected to be sitting working on a podcast. I'm sitting in my grandparents' bedroom in Pineville, Louisiana, 37 and a half weeks pregnant, uh, due any day now, evacuated from a Category 4 hurricane storm, and my hometown is kind of in shambles. My house is okay, but this is where we're going to be for the foreseeable future. Living Catholic family life 
really kind of on full display. It's taken me a few different takes to record the end of this particular episode because my three-year-old keeps busting into the room. This is the quietest room in the house, and she keeps busting in to see what I'm doing. I am, I am in the throes of Catholic family life, and I know you are too. Again, whatever version that may be, whatever part of the journey you might find yourself on, and, and the conversations we've had from how to pray as a couple uh, to what it looks like to teach our kids the faith to empathetic and strong fatherhood and, and, and all the different ways that a mother can mother spiritually and biologically and, and, and within the family and, and outside the family, all the different conversations we've had. I've actually gone back and listened to the season myself, even though I was the one that edited every episode, because I've needed it at this particular kind of weird moment. And I hope that everything we've created for the Ave Explorers Catholic Family Life series is for you a comfort and a support and, and a, a, a way to grow and to thrive in your faith as a family, in your faith as a parent, in your faith as somebody who's discerning, in your faith as a single person, just something that has hopefully helped you continue to grow and to recognize the beauty and the value of the family. You can find all of our content for every Ave Explorer series that we've done over at AveMariaPress.com. We would love it if you would rate and review this show so that more people can find it. Our next season for Ave Explorers will be kicking off in mid-October. Stay tuned for more information about that. We will be exploring the saints and our call to holiness. And I'm so excited for the upcoming series. So make sure that you click on over to AveMariaPress.com so that you are checked in to all of the stuff we are creating for Ave Explorers. Thanks so much for listening this time around. We'll see you next time.